One, two, three. <laughs> Hello and welcome to X-Rated, the X-Men animated review show, and a very auspicious beginning. Very auspicious. Uh, I, yeah, I think so. I <laughs> am your host. Him? Nah, it can't be. It, it is. Very nice. <laughs> dum Dum Davin. Ooh, good. And... You actually got a good one this time. That's pretty solid. <laughs> usually, yeah, your usually yours are like... kind of a stretch, but that one's good. That one's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, my co-host over there. He sure could have been your father or something. <laughs> Andre Cocktondre. <laughs> I was like, I was like, the guy's name is already Andre, so I got to just find a way to make it more Andre. So it's like Cocteau, Cocktondre. So. You could have just went with his name. No, it's too. That's a cop out. You got to be, gotta be yeah. a little fun with it. Fair enough. And we have a guest with us tonight. Convincing you to join our cause is perhaps my greatest triumph. <laughs> By which we mean, welcome to the show, Adam Gorham. Hi, everybody. Uh, so happy to be back, Adam. So happy. Yeah, happy to be back. Any excuse yeah. to watch X-Men cartoons? Ah, uh, yeah. well, we're coming to the end of the season. We've already decided we're going to watch some of the movies in between. So uh, it's going to be fun and not so fun all at once. <laughs> yeah, I think Andre's looking forward to it more than I. But ah, we'll I see. Say that. I, I would like to visit the first <laughs> and second one again. I still think the second one is one of the best superhero movies ever made. But well, I don't know. We'll, we'll find see. out. In we'll find review. out. We will indeed. We're here to review season five, episode seven. We're almost there. Uh, of the X-Men animated series, Old Soldiers, written by Len Wein, the late, great Len Wein, and developed for television by, of course, friend of the show, Eric Lee Wald. Uh, yeah, Old Soldiers, we're almost there. This was one I've been looking forward to, because I don't remember it, really. I don't know if I ever saw it. Like this, It's not like it's very super memorable. I wouldn't say it's a bad episode, but it's not like super memorable. It's like, a, aside from the appearance of Captain America, there's not much else in this episode that's, you know, that exciting. To yeah, me, anyway. It really does feel like a filler episode in a normal season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I liked it alright. It was, it was kind of fun seeing you know, Captain America and Wolverine and the fun little excuses to give Wolverine claws. <laughs> so, that, that, that was a funny twist. Yeah, I, I like that this obviously takes place before Origin came out and they established he, had, or I guess even Fatal Attraction came out and they established he had bone claws before he had adamantium claws. Because yeah. no, yeah, because you think he would have popped those suckers if he had them. So mm -hmm. at some point, but yeah, well, let's no, catch cool. up on old times. What you think they're doing up there? What you what you think they're doing up there? Everybody's favorite segment. Uh, we haven't <laughs> seen you in a while, Adam. So what's 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 new with you? What are you what you doing up there? Some pretty big stuff going on in Adam's world. Yeah, I've been I've been busy. Um, so recently, I've been on Miss Marvel, the New Mutants. 
Uh, so that's, I guess, kind of my return to the world of X-Men since the New Mutants. Um, so that came out, I think, a month ago, and the next issue is out next week. That's awesome. Yeah. So is there, like, I'm curious as to, like, and you probably can't answer this question, but I'm curious as to, like, was it just that Marvel tried their hand at being, like, the Inhumans are a new thing. We're going to make that the thing. And then Ms. Marvel kind of became an Inhuman. And then they're like, well, this isn't really taken off the way we wanted to, so let's just fold her into the X-Universe. Um, I really do think that it was, um, you know, trying to bring the character closer to what's on the show currently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't have any special inside knowledge, um, but that's my understanding. Um, just because I, you know, I, as I think that at, at a certain point, there's going to be more people who are familiar with the show than there are reading comics. Mm-hmm. And as I guess, you know, Marvel always is hoping to bring readers over to the publishing side or like, you know, viewers into the you know world of comics. Mm-hmm. I think they do worry about that kind of disconnect where if you're, you know, checking out the comic of, of, of the superhero you've been watching and you're like, wait, she's a mutant on the show, da, da, da. In the comic, she's an inhuman. Like I, I think they want to try to make that as smooth a transition as possible. But yeah, I've noticed that's... Marvel does pretty much do that with almost everything. Like even if the costume change for the movies, they change in the comics to match. And which, uh, no complaints, whatever. I just, I always, I always find it really funny that Marvel's like so keen on that. And there have been like some pretty key points in like Batman or DC's worlds where they just don't care at all. Like I remember when Christopher Nolan's Batman movies were coming out. That was like when they killed Darkseid, killed Batman in Final Crisis, and like Dick Grayson was running around. Yeah, and Damian Wayne is Robin, and like it was like nothing like what was going on in the movies. And then they're like, "We don't care." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny to watch the, the difference." That yeah. was that's when I was avidly reading Batman as well. Me too, actually. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember um, when uh, Brian Singer's X Men came out. Like a year later, they had yeah. the new X Men. And that was sort of like the the first revolutionary, like X-Men revolution that I have lived through, uh, you know, before the Krakoa age, um, where the X-Men were just like had a bold new direction and a new look and everything. And I remember even then people were like, well, they're trying to make the outfits similar to the leather outfits in the movies. Um, But I, you know, like it happens. Um, But I know that, like, you know, in the case of, of our comic, uh, Iman Vellani is, you know, she's, she was heavily involved in, in the whole thing. And so, I mean, I don't think that she went to Marvel and said, you have to make it like my show. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that having her, you know, in, involved, because she is the character, um, you know, like it kind of makes the whole thing go down easier for people who have those kinds of reservations about making the comic too similar to the to other media. I was a fan of the sh- the comic, right? Like, she rallied sort of to, I don't know if she rallied, but, like, she was a fan of the book before she got the role. So, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like a huge fan. Like, there's pictures of her, like, cosplaying as Ms. Marvel at cons and stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. This is literally, it's, it's kind of, it's a wonderful story, actually, um, that, you know, I wasn't, I actually wasn't familiar with before, but, you know, I, I, I learned that, um, yeah, she was just a big fan, and this is sort of like a, almost like a Cinderella story. <laughs> uh, it's it's very apropos. Yeah. Like, yeah. for her to be, like, the actress 
who gets to write the book about her character. That's very Miss Marvel who writes her own fan fiction in the comics. You know? <laughs> it's, 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 it's perfect. I don't know that's if they were thinking that when they had it, but it's, it's, know, but that's a great observation. <laughs> <laughs> it, and she's great as that character. I enjoyed that show a lot. And she's I really like the sort of subtle tweaks they made to her costume to make it like X-Men. Oh yeah. I think it's, pretty I cool. love her X-Men costume. Like, can I show a page here? Absolutely. You Book, can. Book's been out for a while. Like I, this is amazing. Yeah, I love that yeah. outfit. Yeah. The, the as, a, as a graphic oh, designer, I, I certainly appreciate when, uh, you know, costumes flow so well, and then they look really neat. And that one is, I thought, was really cool, especially well, when they tweak old ones and make them new and different. Like, you know, obviously Spider-Man, all those other ones. But there's so many different versions. If they really homage the original, but also do something new and cool, I'm always happy with that. Well, the costume design is by Jamie McKelvey, who designed her initial costume. So that's you get the consistency there. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I got the assignment. They sent me the costume design, and I was like, "Oh, this is pretty sweet." Um, he's just—he's—he's. Mm-hmm. Amy's very good at what he does, and then I didn't—I never got a chance to draw the costume in my run <laughs> on the book. I got to draw her OG costume. So, oh really? Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe that's a spoiler. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> we we won't we won't uh, draw attention to it. Right. <laughs> that's for sure. I appreciate. We, it. we would want you to your corporate overlords to. To come down and bring the hammer of God down upon you. Oh well, I'm, I'm off. I'm off the book at this point, so I, I guess I could really just say whatever I wanted. <laughs> well, you may want to work for Marvel again in the future. So, <laughs> oh, so did you? So did you do the flashbacks? Yeah, I'm doing. There's um, dream sequences like the, in the book. Yeah, like this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, awesome! Those are fun. But yeah, yeah. that is all her old costume. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I love that group shot too. I love this shot you did here. Yeah, that was a lot of fun to do. I um, yeah. I kind of it was sort of a case where be careful what you wish for. Like I was very excited to get to draw so many characters in my in my dream sequences. Mm-hmm. But there's a few pages where I was like, these are too many characters. These are too much. <laughs> <laughs> like I think on, on one page, there's like this one, that one. There's the, yeah, there's that one. Yeah. I think there's like all the Miss Marbles. Like that's hilarious. There's like four yeah. panels, and each panel is like every team that she's served with. Oh <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. Champions yeah, right. <laughs> and all those guys. Yeah. But yeah, it's funny because Miles is on like three of those teams. He's like in every picture. Miles yeah. Morales. Oh, right. He's on all of those teams. <laughs> Well, they're always like yeah. they always they're always teams of young people in the Marvel universe. So there's like a there's a certain there's like a well that they continually go back to for popular young person characters. Um, yeah, and he's always one of them. Uh, I really uh, I really loved. I know you didn't have anything to do with this part of it, but I thought the the rolling out of the alternative covers that are homages to old X Men covers that are famous was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 original X Men number one cover with her included, and then the Frank Quitely. A uh, new X Men cover with her included, I thought was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I see Chris Samney do that one, which is cool. I like him a lot. Oh, so do I. Yeah. And, uh... His Daredevil run, I really like. I've been man. Uh, Strange Adventures had the 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 artist edition, and they had it down and down a little bit off, a little bit off, and I kept putting off buying it. I think someone else got it, but man, I was really close to getting that. The book was so beautiful. No, those artist editions are so nice. I, I always I 
I always will think about getting, I only ever really see them at conventions where they're marked up through the roof. Um, that's really only when I ever have like a chance to like physically get my hands on one. But then when I, I you know, the pricing it shows is, is, is pretty ludicrous. I was at money is no object to Andre here. Money. Oh, is okay no then. Object. Oh, oh, come now. <laughs> as a, as a, you know, an average income self-employed man with no children, I sometimes spend money on ridiculous things. As you should. Um, as you. As Just look at those gremlins. Yeah, they're pretty. Good. <laughs> We're expensive. What, actually, one of the things, one of my most prized possessions, that actually is worth something now, is this thing, which is the uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, the statue one that sits on the base, it was like a numbered one from, uh, there's one point where I used to work at a comic shop and I got everything for cost. So that just made everything. That's why I got all these. It wasn't because I was, uh, you know, just throwing my stupid money away, but I would basically do their comic work, get paid for it and use that money to buy things for costs that I wanted like gremlins and this light, this thing lights up. It sits on a base. I think I can show it if I do this. It sits on a base that lights up of, um, Clean your desk up, for God's sake! My desk is very clean. I was just trying to get some food in because I'm very hungry. I mean, it's it's tidier than mine. Yeah, mine too. I'm kind of a a neat freak, so oh shit, no! Uh, Oh my God, what a disaster! I know, I know. Come on, Andre. But uh, yeah, no. um, There was one year at the East Coast Comic Expo where there's a comic store in Sackville, New Brunswick, that was selling that went into business. They were just selling their their stuff. So they had a bunch of those books for like 50 bucks each. And I was like, you know, doing good at the con. I just kept buying more of them. And so I'm like, I'm never going to get a chance to buy these for this price, including one which was like the Silver, the Sal Basema Silver Surfer one that I Ooh. didn't get because someone got it ahead of me. But then I, I tracked it down at a different place somewhere else. So Strange does little sales every once in a while where they put them on cheaper. But I have a pretty, if you're ever down this way, Adam, again, um, and you're in my neck of the woods, I'll show you. I have a decent collection of them. I've been trying to grab. I have the Watchman one, which is beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. The Gru one, which is gorgeous. The Mike Magnola one. Um, some of the Andy Kubert Tarzan ones. And some of the Spirit ones. Yeah, I got, I got a decent amount. Some of the John Romita Spider-Man ones are probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. But the... Uh, oh, no, the um, the Lee Restorant and Gemin one, uh, I really, really enjoy. So there's... I don't know. It's just just to see where they you know they fix their errors and they put the the white out and they do that. Yeah. You know, it's so cool. So so cool. So so any spe- so since you're off the book now anyway, any speculations on if they're gonna match up the powers, but of her characters on TV and in the comics? Uh, I can't say. I didn't read those. Portions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're just doing like a portion of the book, you don't get the full script, just the parts that you're. No, I, I get I get the full script, and I do my best to read all of it. Um, but and in some cases that I have to, but for the most part, I gotta the stuff that sticks is the stuff that concerns me. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but I'll you know I usually when the book comes out, I'll read the whole thing. Um, right, but not always immediately. I have like a, I, it's it's actually kind of difficult for me to look at my own work once it's published. Um, oh, really? You're one of those. Yeah, I am one of those. Yeah. Uh, I'm like that too. So, yeah. So, like, I, I like, I, I, I will get curious about how like things get printed, you know, because I know how it looked like when I drew it, when I scanned it. Mm. Um, 
And I, I like, as you probably know, like whenever you scan your work and you see it up close, like magnified 25, 50% or it's horrifying seeing all the little. <laughs> That's why I've become <laughs> such a proponent of the digital, like doing stuff on the iPad because you can just get in there right away and look at it. Like it just, it's yeah, so much more convenient. And then believe me, I, I understand where traditionalists come from. Power to you. Yeah. But for a guy with limited time, it's just so much faster. Yeah. No, I hear you. <laughs> it's so much faster. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, been having fun working with that. Yeah, actually, you're the one I credit for that because uh, watching you work at the East Coast Comedy Expo, I was like, man, I got to get one of those. They're so <laughs> so good. I'm glad I could help. Oh, dude, <laughs> dude help, help, so help do Apple's work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Steve, uh, well, the ghost of Steve Jobs owes you some money. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on X Men. You know, I think our young lady has always been ready for all the adventures to have in this world. Yeah, but is the world ready for her? The scene of her running through the woods is so ridiculous. She's <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculous. Oh, all right. Old soldiers. Old soldiers. So uh, this is a, yet another one of those episodes that I often tongue-in-cheekly say that I could probably describe in like three sentences if you know, it wasn't for the sake of, of plugging into some of the details of this episode. But we do see uh, a, a group of gentlemen who are uh, at a gravesite in, in France uh, paying respects to some of their, their fallen soldiers, their comrades from, from uh, the big one, as they refer to, World War II. They see a man looking over a gravestone. And, uh, and approach him thinking he's an old comrade of theirs and then realize that he couldn't be him because he's obviously far too young. Um, they said he looks like uh, someone that they fought with in, in World War II, the big one. Uh, <laughs> look, at, look at this angle. This is, this is some hard uh, Japanese-style angles in this, this new animation, mm. um, which is, like, like I said, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be so far with these, this studio. It's not great. But it's, it's not so like different. utter dog shit. No, it's just it's just like when you have like I'm trying to think of find an allegory that's like a, a proper one, like like really good hot dogs, and then like the ninety nine cent hot dogs. You know, <laughs> like like it's like they're still hot dogs. You still enjoy them, I guess. But it's like slightly better. Not slightly. There's a di- a quality difference you can tell. But if it's still something you enjoy overall, you'll still find some enjoyment out of it. So. um you know, the, this gentleman, uh, Wolverine, as we know who it is, uh, dismisses them for, um, you know, saying that he's not the guy they know. They say, oh, well, they're going to go eat. They're going to invite him if he was him. And then they take off. And he says he would have liked to have joined them on their, their trip to himself because he knows the guy. That he is the person. But he doesn't think they'd understand how he still looks like a young man. Which is funny because... How dare you kick it before I can get my hands on you? You cheated me, old man! <laughs> I love so I don't want to get to it far ahead of the episode, but Wolverine is at the gravestone of this person he believes was a traitor who died of old age before we could get to him and slice him up, apparently. <laughs> Which is like this is like what are you gonna go find like a dude in his nineties and just like slice him to ribbons? Like you son of a bitch. You sold Well he was hoping the- to get him when he was still, you know, a little younger. I guess to but years do ago. Th- do you think if Wolverine would have got to him when he was like in his eighties, he would have he would have just been like, ah, you're old now, I won't, I won't kill you. Eh, depends on what he says to him. <laughs> depends on the How he greets Wolverine at the door. That'll decide the whole thing. You, he's just like, you jerk, and then Wolverine just rips him to shreds. Uh, wrong answer, Bob. <laughs> yeah, wrong answer, Bob, is exactly what he'd say. You nailed it. 
<laughs> so uh, then we get we get a flashback leading us into how we got to this point, which uh, you know is during the uh, German occupation of France during uh, World War II. We see Wolverine in uh, black garb, and this, of course, before he got his his um, his weapon X came from his claws. So this this part made me laugh though. I was working for the intelligence boys at OSS back then, doing whatever kind of black bag work needed doing. It's like the narration of like an old uh, detective novel, like a noir story. It's kind of a weird yeah. mixture of noir stuff, but like also, was the Canadian government because he, he was he involved? Okay, so OSS is yeah, that's fine. See, he's yeah. a mercenary, so he goes wherever. And this story takes place uh, shortly after Pearl Harbor, where the Americans are just getting into the war. But he's Canadian, so he's been in the war for years. So in right. that amount of time, he could have been sent anywhere. Is he anyone. is he patch at this point? Like, like in he, like... he he, patch usually just does in Mad Rapport. That's his like alter ego in Mad. Okay. Yeah, it's not really a in the past thing. It was mostly just when it's it's so dumb. It's like when when Bruce Wayne becomes Matches Malone. It's just like you throw a hat on him and like this an eye patch. And he's a completely different character. Or Daredevil becomes Michael Murdoch. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> So we get some fun stuff with uh, Wolverine. Uh, I, lo- I love whenever you see Nazis. Uh, and we don't see swastikas <laughs> in this episode, obviously, because I'm assuming I'm, that's probably troubling iconography to put in a kid's cartoon. Um, but, not necessary. You, know, you get the point anyway. Yeah, essentially. Um, but I love how they always shadow under their eyes. Always, no matter what's going on, their eyes. It could be pure light, <laughs> but the, the helmet just shadows oh, under the eyes enough that uh, they always yeah. look evil, no matter what light they're in. Um. So while well, well, jumping rooftops, he slips and uh, he, he falls near a ledge and knocks some rocks down, which uh, alerts, uh, goes off the helmet of one of the uh, the SS here who you know, start yelling that they know someone's up there and he manages to spook a, a pigeon. They give, him, they give him five seconds to come down from the roof. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, Jump! Like, like they're an angry parent too. You know, you got to the count of five to finish those peas, Wolverine. Ein, Schwein. <laughs> Um, you don't come down in five seconds. Wait five minutes while we come up and find you. Yeah, that's right. And give you ample time to escape. Like, what yeah. are they going to do? Like, they point the guns at the roof. Like, they're probably not going to hit him. He's behind a bunch of stone. Um, mm. But he manages to spook. I don't think Europe has pigeons, do they? Like, the American pigeons? Yes, they do. Every city Same has one? pigeons. Not in the yeah. Middle East, though. Oh, yeah. Every city. Every single city on Earth. Probably. They definitely White, ho- do White horse has They pigeons. definitely do in Europe. Okay. White Horse? Yeah, White Horse definitely has pigeons. I'm suspicious of this. I think pigeons yeah. get around. Pigeons okay. get around. Yeah. All right. Well, I was thinking, of, I was listening to a podcast a while ago, and someone was talking about animals like that are in zoos in like Europe. And uh, somebody said that, they like, as a kid, they were super surprised and excited. The zoo guy's like, I got something really weird back here. Come here. And he shows them, and it was just a squirrel. Like, it was like an American squirrel, but they don't have them there. So I was like, oh, that's funny. Like, I just thought maybe pigeons may be the same. <laughs> pigeons fly across the ocean? That's a lot of distance. Well, they use them for homing and sending messages. That's how comes they're everywhere. Well, that makes sense. They just never went back. They were bad homing pigeons. They just stayed where whatever country they got sent to. Yeah, every once in a while, you get a lemon pigeon. <laughs> Passenger <laughs> pigeons are extinct now, though, because everyone sure killed are. them all. We were thinking they were sending spy messages. Way to bring it down, Davin. Yeah. Right. Down or Davin. But this is a spy story. I thought it was pretty appropriate. Pigeon. No, that is true. 
but uh, that's funny. You get, you get a lemon pigeon every once in a while. And... So uh, we'll anywhere those... by an ocean, they're there. They're called rock doves for a reason. Anywhere's on the rocks by the ocean, there's pigeons. I didn't know that. Pair. Yeah. Well, a rock dove sounds nicer than pigeon. I guess pigeon sounds all right. If you rock dove does sound nicer than the connotation the pigeon has now. Hmm. Um, so Wolverine love doves. Yeah, and a rock dove sounds like a tougher dove. Um, they do. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck with those rock doves. So, uh, <laughs> you know, he approaches a, a door that says uh, "closed" on it. If you speak French. Um, and uh, goes up to the knocks on the door, and then there's a secret code. I feel like there's something you'd have the the soundbite for, do you, Devin? I do. <laughs> the night has eyes, but the eyes of liberty never sleep. What a, what a terrible fucking code word that is. The night has eyes. Like you're clearly waiting for a code. You're not being yeah, very. If you said uh... that to a stranger, they would be like, "Obviously, this is some kind of code." Like, <laughs> are you an <laughs> underground like agent or what? Like, or you're completely, yeah. especially during the war when obviously like this stuff's going on all around. Mm. I like Wolverine's uh, Wolverine's uh, outfit. It's just so black. Like, especially like the next scene you just showed. Like in that room, he's like, he's almost like he's a symbiote. He's like a black hole in a room of light. <laughs> like they just, it's, it's all so dark. Um, all right. Especially so she brings like the, the highlight color they chose. So like it makes him look shiny. Yeah, it's really bright. Yeah, they do that with him a lot. Like remember that time he was like highlighted in orange. That episode, because I wonder if it's supposed to be like, like, uh, spandex, like not leather, but something you know, like that. So I don't know. Like usually, they well, I mean, you would know better than I, Adam. But in comics, they usually like we'll do pitch blacks, but then do like a light blue or darker yeah. blue or something for the for the shadow. Yeah, blue or a gray sheen, which is like why this is kind of funny. It looks like it does look like he's wearing like black latex spy outfit. <laughs> yeah, as, yeah, like latex. <laughs> Look at that one. He just like it's like the super tight spandex when he walks, just like like a like the old sofa sound, like the cur. Yeah, cur. latex turtleneck, latex toque. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> latex toque is the funniest part. Yeah, that would yeah. that would be pretty uncomfortable, I must say. And in the turtleneck, like he's not breathing. He's gonna be sweating. <laughs> he's just dying. He's losing weight as we speak. Oh, yeah. um, that's really funny. Well, it's, when I was a kid, like because I was such a Mark Bagley fan, I read like all those Spider-Man comics, and uh, every I thought Venom was actually blue just because the shadows of him were so blue. Right. In all those comics back then, even Ron Lim grew him and other people. Uh, I just for kicks because I I wanted to see if it was if it was as good as I remember as a kid or as bad as I assumed it was as an adult. I've been rereading the Maximum Carnage storyline. I just it was free and the Kindle Unlimited, so I've just been reading it. And uh, yeah, like because all these different artists are drawing Venom throughout these different parts, and uh, yeah, it's like super blue in a lot of it. That I when I was a kid, I'd always draw him blue. He always seemed blue to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he, Wolverine goes into the uh, the basement of this uh, the secret hideout, sniffs uh, someone, tries to protect her, but then realizes that it's um, was it what's his name, Sergeant Happy? Oh, his Happy. No, but it, his his real name's. Something else. Shaw. No, Samuel call him happy. They call him Happy Sawyer. That's yeah, what happy Wolverine Sawyer. calls him. That's what I thought was funny because, like, you know, Happy Hogan, Happy Sawyer. Is there like is is this character in existence? That's what Marvel I was thinking. Universe? I was trying to find the the connection in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Yeah. Which the way they drop the name, it's like we're supposed to know something. Yeah. Yeah. And 
his name is listed in the credits, which means he might be important enough to bear mentioning. But I didn't I didn't have time to do like a real deep dive on finding out if he was someone of merit. Right. You know, or someone connected to Nick Fury or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, it but, probably is a character from old Howling Commando comics or something. Yeah, maybe. But the happy thing I just thought was funny. Yeah, no, he is a he is a character. Actually, I just Google him. He is a character. He was in the Captain Marvel movie. Um, he was the uh, the black the black one of the Howling Commandos. He had like the uh, the Russian looking uh, hat on. Oh yeah, cool. Happy Sam he's Sawyer. A Howling Commando. Oh right, yes, yes. Sam Sawyer, yes, yes, yes. I'm he was. Uh, let's see, he's buried in Arlington Cemetery. Baron Strucker created an LMD of him. Yeah, he was one of the. Uh, yeah, the Halley Commandos. Hmm. And he was a general at one point, too. Yeah, he was so serious, they named him Happy Sam as a... As a uh, <laughs> it's an as ironic a, name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But only his, only his men call him Happy. That's funny. So, um, yeah. So we see yeah, him give a, a map to which is such a... You have a picture of the map? Yeah. I'm <laughs> just showing the map picture. Just like there, <laughs> you're going there. there. Everything's <laughs> pointing that way. Everyone's going there. <laughs> the red dot. From that way, they're going there. From up yeah. there, they're going there. That's it's where we're a, going. It's such a rudimentary, like there. There's a couple arrows all pointing towards it. You're not going to miss that. So <laughs> get to the place that's big and red. You'll know it when you see it. So Wolverine's mission, as indicated by Happy Sam Sawyer here, is to uh, to go rescue Andre Descote. Cocteau. Or sorry, I got it wrong. Cocteau. Um, who is the? Uh, I was thinking of this guy. You'll like. Yeah, he's referring to Wolverine's. Wolverine has a partner in this mission that he's going to meet along the way. Wolverine doesn't like partners, but Sawyer reassures him that this is one he'll like. And Wolverine getting far too intimate with this woman he just met. Uh, it's like she's like she's like <laughs> Justine. Uh, she's like just so you know, like he's my father. Fa- they tell Wolverine to rescue him, or if he can, yeah. to eliminate him. <laughs> yeah. They give orders to Wolverine to like murder this guy if necessary in front of this guy's daughter. Of his daughter. It's just, <laughs> he's just protest either. It's just like just so you know he's my father. And then Wolverine like that's just so you feel really bad when you have to do it. Like, Wolverine like, grabs her by the face. He's like, "I'll bring him home." <laughs> you know, like, it's like, <laughs> I, just, I just met you. Calm down. Uh, um, yeah. It's like you know. I guess this is a different time. A different time. <laughs> you can, you can it was win. war. You can handle women whenever if you wanted to, I guess. Um, so he goes off, and then is trying to stick to the shadows, but uh, sees a small child. At, you know, it's so stereotypical. Hello. Hey. Oh. Oh, weird. There was like, uh, oh, Davin must have silenced something. I just lost my sound for a minute. Like it sounded like it was completely dead. Oh. Um, so. No, you're good. Yeah. It's just me, so you guys don't hear the dryer going off. Oh, okay. I could hear the uh, the ambient noise behind Davin, which is just minor, but just when it went away, I thought maybe I lost my sound. So, yeah, we see, like, the most stereotypical thing you probably ever see in any cartoon involving someone in France. Someone running with a baguette. Uh, it's just like, this is taking place in, in Paris. You know what this kid needs? A baguette. He can't have any other kind of food. All they eat in Paris is bread. That's it. So this young war orphan, I, I assume, is running with his baguette that he got from somewhere. He trips over a garbage can, alerting the Nazis. Who? Oh, I forgot this clip. Bonne chance, mon ami. Please be careful. Petite, careful's my middle name. 
<laughs> he doesn't quite do the petite thing as well as Gambit, I gotta say. Yeah, which is a funny little nod because, like, obviously he doesn't have that Gambit reference yet because they haven't met at this point. Gambit's not even born yet at this point. So, uh, you know, just really funny. Um, <laughs> so, you know, these soldiers apparently are going to shoot this child for being out after curfew, it looks like, with his, with his bread because he's hungry. So Wolverine interferes and, uh, you know, gets involved with fighting off the, uh, the SS characters here. But quickly becomes overwhelmed by their backup, but is then saved by a hurling shield that uh, stops bullets from riddling Wolverine and takes out a bunch of Nazis. And then we see, of course, Captain America with a suspiciously orange belt. Did you notice this in his design? His belt mm-hmm. is like bright orange. It looks very off in his design. I'm assuming I didn't to... notice that. I'm, oh, assuming... Wow. I'm assuming it's it was like a Batman to... utility belt. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I assume it's supposed to be brown. It's just a miscoloring from the. It just it's like it's like Halloween Captain America. Yeah, he always <laughs> had like a, a like a brown leather belt. I think. Yeah, usually had like a silver buckle, didn't it? I guess it depends on who's drawing it. Yeah, it was like a, it was an oddly it was it was like an oddly like very regular belt for an otherwise pretty fabulous costume. And like, why? Mm. Like that costume is skin tight. Why would a belt be required? It's like there's no pouches on it. It's not like he's using it for storage. It's it would make sense if he had right? pouches on it, because <laughs> then he could put like you know ammo or whatever he's got to travel with, food, all that sort this of. stuff. This is back when Captain America shot people. That's right. <laughs> Which is Good. why it's perfect that they got friend of the show Lawrence Bain to voice him because he's like a uh, he's like an edgier Captain America. This Captain America. This is back <laughs> kind of. I mean, he's in, I, he's in in the dirt of war. Bane's voice was pretty great on this, I must say. He does sound good hey, as Captain America. Friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. That By necessarily... the way, if you're Logan, I'm your backup. I'm Captain America. And I, I think it's pretty progressive of, uh, you know, them to cast a, uh, an indigenous actor to play Captain America. Indigenous Canadian actor to play Captain America. <laughs> I guess they're just like, hey, whoever we can get, <laughs> you know, whoever's free. But he had a great voice. He sounded perfect. I liked it. What about that guy who does cable? Get him in. Yeah, get him in here. Wild Man of Borneo. Wild Man of Borneo. Which I have some insight on that uh, to to talk to you about later. That comes up a lot because when cable appeared in, um, you know, somebody asked him who he is and he said he's the Wild Man of Borneo. Just like as an aside. And we always kind of wonder where that came from. We even asked. Well, we asked Eric Leewald about it. Eric Leewald. He said he just got it from somewhere. But, he uh, said this is what like people said back when he was a kid. It's like, and I think uh, I know where it's from. I'm gonna, which uh, I discovered when we get to my recommendations uh, later. Um, so then we catch uh, Wolverine or Wolverine and uh, Captain America looking at the cliff or the castle they need to break into, which is at the top of this giant the castle on a cliff. Very intimidating. <laughs> yes, uh, Wolverine <laughs> goes into his sack and pulls out these handy dandy claws, which look very very similar to the ones. He just happens to get by fate later from the Weapon X program. You know, they they make a real meal out of showing him holding these. Like, oh, I like these. I can get used yeah. to these. And they like zoom in on him, hold them over his face, and so uh, they, yeah, they hung not a him. functioning climbing tool though. I gotta say, like, there's a reason you use a single point to like dig. We well, certainly a rock. wouldn't Those use three. Were just knock out pieces and like, you certainly wouldn't use ones that long you know what i mean like you would yeah. they, they wouldn't need to go like they were so long that you would never dig them into the rock that far like the ones that look like claws i get that are short you know that, that dig in a little bit but don't like break the rock away but these ones captain just, america might be strong enough to climb a mountain with those things but i don't know about wolverine no. <laughs> this is before he has the 300 pound skeleton is, so yeah 
Um, so they come across. Uh, it's also funny in, in, in like you think if you're trying to break into a castle, you don't just walk up to the front door, but they do. And of course, there's a moat there with alligators. And, uh, in it. <laughs> so, and I also love in, in the, this conceit in cartoons whenever like there's a bunch of people shooting guns or coming to attack you, and someone like knocks a tree branch on them, it just knocks them all out immediately. Like, they're, they're shooting guns at, at Captain America who's deflecting them with the shield, and Wolverine uses the claws to break a tree branch, which falls on them and knocks them all out, like, right away. <laughs> you think if it did that much concussive force to put them down, it would either kill them or severely injure them. This brought up yes, I brought this up in a conversation yesterday, actually, because there's, like, there's something about trees falling on people. Oh yeah, I remember what it was now. Um, branches aren't that heavy, like unless it's neither like are really... trees because the, the canopy hits the ground first. Yeah, and like, but so it's not a good knock. It has to be tree, like a redwood branch, like that's a tree itself, a full tree to fall on you that maybe would really hurt you. That and limbed tree. and like completely yeah. limbed, no no foliage. <laughs> like maybe if a truck, <laughs> maybe like in you know uh, what's that movie uh, final destination 2 when there's like a truck of like you know telephone pole logs that just all roll off and just like totally oh yeah i don't drive behind those That's yeah that, that movie ruined that movie ruined traveling behind log trucks for everyone forever <laughs> it was it was so fun before that <laughs> it was great <laughs> yeah you know when death was killing you with uh you know things falling in your mouth when you're at the dentist and all the other things that it was killing people with. Yeah, like that yeah, was, was before so highways were like twinned and stuff. You just expected to die on the highways back in those days. <laughs> <laughs> you took your life in your own hands. You did. It's funny because near, uh, like I grew up in Antigonish, and the trip from Truro to Antigonish, there's parts of the highway that went through a valley that was not twinned, and uh, for years they they've been trying to get like people were were mounting protests. And like uh, petitions to get the government to twin it, they finally did. Um, but that that stretch of road always terrified me whenever I went home, especially when I was coming back in the dark because uh, like there are tight turns that go around corners like this. That like if, if one guy drifted over the line when he made the turn, you're you're screwed. Mm. Like a significant amount of people have died there over the years, but I guess enough had enough that the government finally decided to do it. But uh, so anyway, they they break in, they come across the doctor who doesn't want to go with them. He uh, he says they need to leave him there. But uh, Wolverine does, like, I, essentially, I'm guessing a Vulcan nerve pinch. I don't know what he does here. But he's like, <laughs> yeah, he's the guys are running well. Judo chop. A move he learned. I'm assuming that it was like he's re- referencing to his time in Japan. But. Oh, oh yeah. Because he's like, it's something I learned a while ago. Uh, what was, I thought he was in Japan after this. I thought so too, but that's <laughs> the only thing that I could think of. Well, I, well I, he goes back to Japan, I think, more than once. But, not in this series, yeah. but no, not in this the ones. Well, they did do the flashbacks with Lady Deathstrike and that stuff. And then we got the one when he actually goes to Japan and fights over Samurai. Mm. But, um, yeah, so he does something to incapacitate the doctor. It's it's enough to knock him out, but he can also still walk. So I don't <laughs> know what this is, but it's some kind of <laughs> hypnotism, maybe? I'm not sure. So uh, he just says, oh, that's an old trick I learned. Truth here. Yeah, I, I guess. Wow. <laughs> so uh, they walk up the stairs with him on their way out, and but then they learn. He's just apartment. kind of like he's just kind of like rubbing his head as they. Yeah, walk and, and out. He, he's, <laughs> walking up, he's walking up the stairs. He's walking by Wolverine. He kind of comes to when they're getting near the exit. So uh, you know, but then they come across more soldiers because there's an alarm goes off, 
when they get up the stairs and they find soldiers there waiting for him, he explains he, he exclaims like "Not again!" as if he didn't expect to see any more soldiers in the castle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those four we dispatched when we came in were all they got. <laughs> How many guards do they have in this castle? Yeah, so the alarm goes yeah. off, and then all these guards surround them. Uh, Wolverine wants to fight, but Captain America tells him not to because, uh, you know, the, the good doctor there could be could be hurt. So, Wolverine, they, they how are you progressing, Herr Professor? And then we meet the uh, the person uh, in charge of these Nazis, the Red Skull, Hair Skull. He's wearing a mm. uh, very classic Red Skull outfit, the the onesie, the green onesie. Uh, which he wore in all the old comics. Mm. I like the black eyes with the little white line of the pupil. I think it's kind of interesting. I guess it's like how they would draw evil people back in the day. Kind of looks like floating pupils. Yeah. Yeah, Mm. which is always kind of interesting. Yeah, Um, it's a nice touch. Yeah. Then we get Wolverine. We cut back to Wolverine. You know, must be back from a commercial break because he's still at the gravesite talking about what's going on. We see Cat America and and Logan uh, hanging. Uh, well, Cat America's in the the uh, the torture rack there, and Wolverine's hanging from the uh, the stocks. Uh, you know, um, Skull says that he's interested in finding out if the shield actually is unbreakable. Maybe they'll test it later, implying that they'll use it to fuck up Captain America, mm-hmm. which is kind of a dark little moment, which is kind of cool. I do like this design for Red Skull; it's very classic. The, throughout this whole section, had me thinking of uh, playing Wolfenstein, and I could hear like <laughs> the old Wolfenstein sound effects. That's in awesome. Mind. Mecha Hitler's just around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After they beat Red Skull. There actually is kind of a Mecha Hitler in this. Yeah. The Hitler yeah. Part. So um, Wolverine, like I always find it's old It's old cartoon conceit or just old movie conceit in general. Like, you know, Awesome Powers has a lot of fun with the idea that they just leave them alone. Don't leave a guard. Just, you know, we're going to leave them with a one and F guard and. And assume it all goes according to plan. What? What? They don't even leave a guard. He's just like, well, I'll be back later. <laughs> you guys hang here for a while. Um, but he does reveal. Does he reveal to them here? Or is it not until he goes back and finds the. Uh... Yeah, sorry. But when, when Red Skull is first introduced, he reveals that the doctor set off the alarm when they were to, to warn them that they were uh, that they were escaping. And this yeah. is where it happened. And Wolverine realized that the doctor is not on their side. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, Skull says he's definitely one of our, like one of us. So we cut back to the doctor. We find out what he's doing. He's working on this giant robot for. Uh, well, sorry. Before before we get to that, Wolverine manages to get the in a very impressive acrobatic display. Manages to uh, swing the stocks over to the shield, knock it up in the air, grab between <laughs> his legs, swing back, throw it off the wall. Use that to break the. Then when it comes off the wall, break his um, cut through his ropes and then fall on the wood and shatter it so that he could break free. Mm-hmm. And then use the claws, which are conveniently just hanging out nearby in the table, to uh, to let Cap free. So then they run off to continue on their mission. Um, we see Red Skull and uh, Andre working on the this giant robot, which is the Mecha Hitler I mentioned before, minus mm-hmm. the Hitler head in it, but it is a big robot. With uh, some SS imagery on it, no, I notice on the right there. Go back to that last last. Uh, it looks like it's like a red, like a no symbol on on his shoulder there. <laughs> Which is like, if it's a Nazi, what what is it? Like a no over the star, David? Like what's it gonna be? Like it's 
no freedom no yeah yeah, no no freedom it's like a fascism symbol with a with a check mark on the other side (laughs) um so while while they're working on this uh the party gets interrupted by wolverine and cat in america you know red skulls upset that uh you know cat got free again you know implying that this is not the first time these two have tangled uh, then he just snaps his fingers, and then a mountain of <laughs> Nazis are just waiting behind the door. Come running in! <laughs> I always find that, that they're conceit, lasers. I always find that conceit really funny. It's like the, the bad guy just goes like, and then like a, wait, and then like a thousand guys all come running out of nowhere. Like they're all just waiting by the door. Like one guy's ears to the door. He's like, is that is that snap? Did he did he snap? Is it is it go time? That's no, right. you. I think he clicked his tongue. Wait, no, it's a snap. Let's go, let's go, let's go. They all come running out. So there's a, a giant fight here between uh, I'm getting like a hundred guards um, that all look exactly the same. Do you ever do you ever notice that about all the guards? Yeah, exactly the same. Nobody has facial hair. Nobody has any scars. Nobody is thinner or fatter than anyone else. They are all exactly proportioned. This is the Ubermensch. This is the <laughs> this is the this is the the, the dream. The, uh, the the Nazi dream of uh, perfect uh, genetics. I must. Oh, say. that's Captain America. Yeah, well, the, yeah, he does fit that, that that model very well as well. So, uh, and I always love like, so Cap just ju- like whatever there's these scenes where there's like a hundred guys all shooting at them. One guy just jumps into like a pile of five of them and knocks them all down. Uh, but then like Wolverine jumps in and just like with claws out, nobody gets nobody bleeds or nobody gets cut. He just jumps in, claws out, and just you know scatters them all in a in a great little little fight sequence, but. The uh, the two of them managed to fend off what essentially is a hundred guards, just with shields and claws and various fighting techniques. Guile, guile, guile. good old American, yeah. American, uh, <laughs> exceptional Jean Claude Van Damme style guile. That's right. Oh yes, yes, that's a that's a right you want to reference Street Fighter. <laughs> so uh, the Red Skull, uh, you know, demands that. Uh, Andre start uh, well. He first he gets in a one-on-one fight with Cat America, which he loses very easily. Um, the ma- bigger ma- they ma- come, making him seem like not a threat at all. Like there's at no point in this <laughs> fight where you're like Red Skull could ever beat Cat America in a one-on-one fight. Which I guess they're trying to make him. Not many times in the comics you think that either, though. I don't know. I felt like in the movie he's he, strong. He seemed, in the movie, he seemed like a formidable opponent when Hugo Weaving played him anyway. In the when the guy from Walking Dead played him in Infinity War, he just hovered and floated around. So I don't know, but uh, the um, so yeah, we see him command the Doctor to, to load up the giant robot. The Doctor seems hesitant because it's not finished, but Red Skull says, "Give give me the remote. I'll do it myself." I love how on his arm, if you'll notice, if you get a, another picture of Red Skull there, um, they look they they. There's a mark on his arm, which implies there should have been a band that they yeah. colored in. So I'm guessing at one point yeah. they may have decided to do that, but then colored it in because the the outline is there. And whenever you see him, it looks like there was a band, not like an armband, but decided the, uh, against it, probably mm-hmm. for the smarter. So Skull gets the controller, activates the giant robot, which has a Gatling gun attached to its hand. It starts firing around trying to uh, to kill our, our protagonists all the it's it's blindly firing enough that it scares off the the soldiers that run away <laughs> so it's like you know they they all go they all go all out uh, cap throws a shield which knocks out the regular hand of it and then uh, logan goes to town 
uh, taking out the gun hand, uh, but then manages to. Uh, it's still walking towards him. He manages to pull a uh, pull the, the the trap door in the front of the robot open, and uh, Cap throws the shield right through it, disabling it. Uh, but then Red Skull and uh, Andre manage to get away because the, when the robot falls down, it causes an explosion, which ter- sets the castle on fire and threatens to kill everyone. So they all vamoose. Um, Red Skull and Andre escape onto a plane. Logan, <laughs> Logan and Captain America jump onto the wing of the plane to try to stop it. Uh, they hang on for quite a while until Red Skull manages to uh, to shake them loose. Put all your weight on it! To which they both conveniently fall what is essentially a mile we'll or take two. Take it down like a cheetah takes down a gazelle. <laughs> the two of them manage to fall what essentially appears to be a mile or two to the earth. Uh, and then land in a <laughs> cart of hay, very conveniently placed directly <laughs> under where they fall. Which I, I thought was very... Like, I get Wolverine would survive it. I mean, Cap probably would, too. Um, I feel like in the Ultimate comics, they had a, a famous sequence where Cap like, jumps out of an airplane and then lands somewhere yeah. on his feet. So, uh, I mean, I know that's another universe, but so is this one. So, uh, yeah. But uh, they both managed. Then they're approached by um, the Howling Commandos, who I'm guessing that's Nick Fury. They don't call him that by name, but he seems to be their leader, has the black hair. Um, He's got two eyes, though. Well, this would be before he lost his eye. He lost his eye in the war, didn't he? I don't know. In all those old Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos things, didn't he have a... Eye patch then too. He did. Maybe it's not. I mean, it's not that's uh, Happy Sawyer because he has a beard and he didn't before. Mm. But we see was the Frenchie back there. But that's Dum-Dum the Frenchie Dum-Dum. guy in Dum Dum. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I also like the uh, the guy's got a toothpick in his mouth, mm. which is you know, such a the tough guy thing to do, which I think is always <laughs> very funny. Tough um, guy, but also hygienic. Okay, does, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it depends a lot on that toothpick's hanging there. So, uh, yeah, Wolverine's it's pretty been ups- bacteria stick now. It's been there for months. Uh, Wolverine's upset that they failed the mission. Cat America tells him that they may have not got the doctor back, but they, you know, destroyed a major Nazi stronghold and broke up a big operation. And that ain't bad. Very bad. So uh, we see Lo- we cut back to Logan, who's upset they never got a chance to fuck up the doctor. Uh, on his revenge missions, he hunted him down. He never tracked him down, and then he's interrupted by the doctor's daughter, Janine. Janine Justine. Justine, sorry. Who, Justine uh, Cocteau. Who tells him the truth? It doesn't seem to have aged all that much, considering this is fifty years ago. Yeah, she's looking later. pretty good. Yeah, considering she let's say she was twenty then, she'd be in her seventies now, um, and you know, still pretty good. I'm going to say 20 because it makes Logan's actions a little more problematic if it's any younger than that. <laughs> it's, so, it's, it's, the funniest part of that to me, though, is just like, it's like, you guys would never understand that I'm this young still, you know, and he could go hang out with his buddies, but she just walks up to him and she's just like, oh, time's treated you well. No big deal at all. Like, they just move on and start talking. So, like, I maybe mean, he could have went and had beers with his fellas. Or maybe... I mean, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense unless these two had a relationship after that, which he told her stuff about himself. But uh, yeah. that's all. Um, can't think of the word right now. Conjecture. So uh, anyway, she pl- tells him that, that he never knew the real truth, which is that her father the whole time was a double agent, which is why he was you know, hesitant to give Red Skull the, the controls, and that he was secretly sabotaging 
uh, all of the Nazis' big plans. He stopped them from um, getting uh, certain bombers up and running. He stopped them from getting their nuclear program under under wraps. I mean, essentially, Andre um, Coteau is the biggest hero of the ever. Uh, ever. <laughs> like, ever. Like he stopped the Nazis from making nukes. Like that's that's it. That's like, <laughs> yeah, he's the biggest hero it, in the, of the universe. Like he should be. The fact that Wolverine, after his death, you think they would have let that out, or you think it would have let it out after the war was over, but I mean, apparently didn't make it in a history book. That's a part mm-hmm. of the plot of Rogue One, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. Huh. It's um, uh, Jin Erso's father, Mads McGowan's character. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's the reason they left the giant port in the side of the Death Star that someone could fly into. Come so, on, I think it's time we drank us a toast to your old man's memory. So yeah, having that information, Logan writes "hero" on the uh, on the tombstone then the, with his claws. Then the two of them. Also, he has claws now. Which to face is to... a tombstone. Yeah, and also he has claws now, which doesn't seem to bother her either. <laughs> you know, she's like, "Oh, <laughs> what's going on?" Yeah, with those? they must have had a uh, conversation. I'll tell you over beer. Um, so she so yeah. knows how I'm young, and I have claws now. Let I'm me just, tell you about I, that. I just like I'm amazed that like the history books should not reflect that what a hero this man was, especially after the war in fifty years or like. You know, forty-five years ago, like at this point, I'm pretty sure because of the sense of information of it, though, it could be one of those things that doesn't get released until like fifty years later. And maybe, but like, who's gonna who's gonna go after him? The secret Nazis yeah, from Indiana know, Jones? But... Like, are they gonna like what's gonna happen? Well, could be could be Indiana. I guess Jones the Red Skull. Ah, well, I guess in the Marvel universe, yeah, the Red, Red Skull, Skull is still around, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and Hydra. Look into his own heart and decide. It's just sad, fellas. This movie, this this episode wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting. It was like it does feel like a filler episode, but you know, as far as filler episodes go, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, watching this when I was a kid. For, I it, just kind of being surprised that X Men was still on at that point, and. <laughs> You know, I, the, I it was the first time I had seen it in a while. The animation didn't quite look the same. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It moved differently. Um, but it was also just kind of a blast to see, at the time, a story that was, uh, you know, just a little vignette about Wolverine and Captain America. And well, that was that was all brand new to me at the time. But rewatching this, it was it's still just like a good bit of pulp. Like, it reminds me of a lot of other things. Um you know, like I said, Wolfenstein, Indiana Jones, basically anything where there was Nazis in a, in a European castle. Um, I like to think that, you know, uh, at the end of this, it seems that Andre Cocteau's uh, double agent status was mostly secret. So somewhere Red Skull is like still thinking that Andre Cocteau was like a pretty solid dude <laughs> 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 middle, he finds out yeah he's gonna yeah. you just see him go to like his shelf where there's a picture of them like laughing together and he's just like, andre say it ain't so yeah After all those conversations we had yeah, <laughs> <laughs> i mean like I, you know it was a it was, it was a fun time 
Wouldn't that have been like a funnier episode? End of this episode, though, like it zooms out and Red Skull's standing there as well in like the distance, and you just see <laughs> slightly further back with a, a tear. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, Red Skull was just about yeah. to come and pay his respects, and yeah, very very awkward running into Wolverine there, or like or like they were lovers uh, or something. Like like he's just being, like, <laughs> that would have been a ten out of yeah. ten episode. Yeah, thing. Like he's <laughs> like, I, I thought How far I was Henri Cocteau willing to go? Yeah, first go. <laughs> Red Skull's like I thought. I thought he's he a hero. God damn, God damn All the way. Deep cover. Deep cover. Deep, deep cover. Uh, so what are we going to rate this? Went undercover uh, as a homosexual for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> you first, Andre. Uh, seven. It's fine. Like, it's not that bad. The animation probably dips it a little more. But as far as, like, you know, you get a fun period thing with the war stuff. You get a little bit of noir stuff. You get... The Red Skull, you get Cat in America, you get giant Nazi robots, you get Wolfenstein references. I don't know. I'm down with it. <laughs> we got Happy Sam Sawyer. I mean, come on. What more do you need? I think it's a solid seven. Adam? I, I'm inclined to agree. Seven feels seven feels right. Um, it's not, certainly not a bad episode. It's a, I think it's, I think it's pretty harmless, but it offers up like more fun than not, you know? So... Um, I feel I feel like seven is is fair. I think the Morlock first things is gonna, gonna remain our, our least our least liked episode or the worst episode of the show. Did it get the bottom? It, it was pretty bad. Been. It was I remember I really hated it. <laughs> you were it very comes, Dave no Color watches it every Christmas. Well, I love that Dave manages to hold on to his inner child so tightly. But <laughs> I think I don't think mine died because I cannot. I could not. <laughs> to quote Tommy Lee Jones when talking to uh, to your inner to, child needs a baguette, Andre. I, well, I could use one, but uh, my inner no, wait, <laughs> to quote to quote uh, Tommy Lee Jones when talking to Jim Carrey uh, behind the scenes oh. of. Um, Batman Forever. I cannot sanction this buffoonery. I cannot. Uh, I cannot. I, yeah, I cannot abide. You I cannot buffoonery. sanction your buffoonery, which I think is such a Tommy Lee Jones thing to say. Yeah, but uh, right, Devin, yeah, back. I'll give it a seven as well. But I think it's really on the strength of the ending. I thought it was a funny little twist on how he was actually this big hero. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven works for sure. Well, it's a nice tribute to the unsung heroes of the war. You know, eh. very much yeah. a Len Wein story. He likes those themes. Oppenheimer just came out, so maybe we're all thinking about these people working behind the scenes. To I haven't seen it yet. Well, it's an interesting movie. Um, I've been hearing a lot of mixed reviews from people. I I, I loved it. It's it's very dark, and you know, some people call it a horror movie. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, when faced with the horrors of what the what this can do and what it has done, uh, yeah, it's mm. pretty it's pretty terrifying. Um. Time for some uncanny X points. I'll go first. Well, my first X point is these kinds of war stories with like a hint of romance to them. Especially, I mean, these World War Two ones. The romance of this always one is so, take... like, not, like, it's so, like, a nothing burger. Like, there's nothing, you know, like, there's this one moment where Wolverine, like, touched her face and that's the extent of it. But, but they always take saying. place in France. Oh, of course. Or, or even almost more specifically Paris, but sometimes in a smaller town in France. But these these types of stories, like Voyager did one, Star Trek Voyager, like these types of World War II stories with a little bit of romance love to creep up into other shows. 
and uh, they're always in France. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And they always have a baguette. The Voyager episode had a baguette as well. It can't be helped. <laughs> Love and bread. That's right. Love and bread. <laughs> Just and wine, sticks out of the back of your basket. Yeah, there's always so a basket to... with a bottle of wine and, uh, and a baguette in it. Yeah. Usually on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, that's how it was in Voyager. Neelix was riding the bicycle. Of course he was. Who else would be? <laughs> um, yeah, to you. Me? So this, this this stuck in my craw this morning when I watched it. So I watched it when I was doing cardio in the basement. And I was listening to it. And when Red Skull says, when the, when the robot gets activated, Red Skull says, the sleeper has awakened, which is a direct reference. And I couldn't think of where I, where I know that from until it came to me later on in the day, which was, that's the same line that uh, Kyle McLaughlin's character says in the movie Dune. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. The, uh, the, the David Lynch Dune movie. Yes. Father, the sleeper has awakened. Well, that's what I, I'm a big Dune head, and that's what I thought of when I heard it. Oh, really? You're like, so you, you have a lot of reverence for the original, too? Um, I, the novels, the first six novels. Oh, okay. The Lynch um, not movie the Patrick not, Stewart version? I can't remember. <laughs> I watched the Lynch movie when I was like a boy. I can't remember all of it. I haven't you seen must, it. You must be happy with the with the Denis Villeneuve one. Oh, uh, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Do you remember the miniseries? I do, actually. Um, Dune? Is that the miniseries? There was, well, there was no, Dune, it was just called was, Dune. Yeah. There, well, there were two. and So one was Dune and then one was Children of Dune and that condensed... Uh, Messiah and, and children. Wasn't um, uh, what's his face in him? Uh, dude, the play. Yeah, James McAvoy. Right, right. Professor X himself. Yeah. Another, that was my first nod, exposure to Dune. Professor yeah. X's being in Dune properties. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right. Well, Adam, you have any X points for us? <laughs> uh, I might have. I might have already said them in the regular commentary. I think. Um, Fair yeah, enough. I, I, I just, do that uh, all the time. Yeah, I, uh, you know, watching this, I was just sort of struck by, again, like Wolfenstein, um, having seen Dial of Destiny recently, that came to mind as well. You know, it made me think of, you ever seen the Michael Mann movie, The Keep? It's like his first movie. I haven't seen it. I'm aware of it, though. Yeah, it's very similar. It's like, um, it's like an ancient being that was like a, a Jewish village. Yeah. That was being kept in this, this Nazi keep. And they think that the Nazis are, um, like they don't realize that it's actually a prison trying to keep this thing condensed within it. Yeah. Um, man's Michael Mann's disowned it. Like he doesn't like the movie, but uh, I think it's got its merits. It's definitely worth seeing. If you like Michael Mann movies. It's very, it's not the kind of story you think of from Michael Mann. Not at all. Not at all. It's got, what's his face in it? Stick from the daredevil movies. Um, you know, the daredevil oh, Netflix um, show. Uh, I forget oh, his name. Uh, yeah, me too. He's on that, uh, castle rock show. The Stephen King one. I'll think of his name. Yeah, it'll come um, to me later too. But um I'll stickle do. Yeah, yeah. Right. Stickle do. Good ad. Uh, Glenn Glenn something, isn't it? Uh yeah, yeah. Glenn's his last Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Yeah. Oh, we got there. Yeah. yeah. We did. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He would I see him in recently. He was quite good. Oh, he's in that movie uh Greenland that I surprisingly liked. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, that movie was surprisingly good. Yeah. With Marina Baccarin and uh I love how you That's saved uh, you saved Gerald Butler. Like he's like the third mention. Yeah, Gerard it's Butler. Scott Glenn yeah, and, and then like Monica Baccarin in before you mentioned Gerald Butler who's the star of the movie. Marina Baccarin always gets top billing from me. <laughs> um, 
All because right, of Firefly no, my... or Deadpool? Firefly. Or Gotham, uh, I guess. The one uh, thing I did catch everything. Was that... She's good in everything. She's good in everything. The one thing I did catch was that uh, Cocteau's gravestone looks different at the end of the episode than it did in the first. Oh, yeah? When it began, it was just hmm. like a solid block of of rock, but at the end, it had like a, a, a brass uh, plate. And like a super disturbing face. Remember, there's like a stat, there's like a, at the top of it, there's like a weird <laughs> statue face that's like looking down. Well, I think that was, was, I think that was like them panning, if I'm not mistaken. But they're, like the, the episode opens with like a weird face. I yeah. think it's on a different gravestone. Oh, I thought it was on his. And then they pan, and it's yeah. Right. And then there's also like no evidence of the vandalism Wolverine did at the beginning of the episode. Right. So I, right. What, I'm, what I have to assume happened is that he vandalized it out of anger, and then once she told him the truth, he had to somehow correct his vandalism and make it into hero. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Like that, tattooing or, over it, and yeah. also, and also, like the part if he didn't or he did, they, like I always find it funny when someone vandalizes something, and it's obvious. Like if you were naturally designed something, you wouldn't design it to leave a giant space. Like yeah. his name's here, his birthday's here, his death day's here. If you looked at that before he vandalized it and put hero on it, it would have just been like a ten-inch space of nothing between those all those words. It was just very, very oddly spaced. It's like somebody, someday somebody's going to deface this grave. Some, we someday to- we might need to add more information. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe like maybe if he was secretly a war hero, we could put that here. Yeah. <laughs> this collaborator could definitely turn out to be a hero. That's right. All right. Well, my next one is it's what I was thinking when I saw those giant Nazi robots. This is like a Sentinels. It's like they almost stopped like an earlier version of the Sentinels from going into existence, and they would have been Nazi Sentinels. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, that's what I that was what I got. Well, in, in, in not to to get ahead of ourselves for the X Men movies, but isn't like Days of the Future Past isn't like pure genetics kind of uh, Bolivar Trask gimmick? Isn't that part of why he doesn't like mutants and he made the Sentinels? Bolivar Trask is sort of indifferent to mutants. He's just a scientist who builds killer robots. But there's something to do with genetics that he's obsessed with because he's played by, you know, um, Peter Dinklage. So, well, in that oh, one, in the movies. I yeah. don't know. I didn't pay much attention to those. You're making me watch those again for this show. I'm not making it. We don't have to we'll do that. We'll talk about it. <laughs> no, we're doing it. The ex goon Ryan just, wants to see it. Everyone's stoked about it. It was just a suggestion. I feel like you and I could have a lot of fun just shitting on some of those other ones for sure. And it'd be oh, fun yeah. to watch Deadpool again. I don't know. It's been a while. Oh, is Deadpool into that too? I would assume so. That I mean, we got to watch. The first, the the new mutants, and uh, we we actually, oh, yeah. yeah, actually, no, we should do them in order of when they came out, and we should start with that that made for TV Generation X movie with Matt Frewer in it. Oh, let's definitely start with yeah, hundred percent. It's going to be terrible. I can't wait to watch. Yes, that. I love Matt Frewer. <laughs> well, and the that Gen X show is notoriously bad, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. That's it was like a, it was supposed to be a pilot for a show that just never ever had a chance of being made. They were yeah, trying to capitalize pretty, on the popularity of Jubilee from this series. But uh, it was it was all we had at that time. That's true. It is. So my turn? Yeah, yep. So we're on the fourth, fifth X point? Adam's sixth. counts. Yeah, sixth. Adam had two. 
So Captain America says, uh, this is a quote directly from the line, which I forgot to mention earlier that I thought was funny and I made a note of. When, uh, when, they're, when they're walking around before they get to the castle, Captain America says, I like your style, the Wolverine. Wolverine says, wish I could say the same. Where'd you get that star-spangled monkey suit? Fatigues would be a lot <laughs> less obvious. And Captain America says, but I'm more than a soldier, Logan. The costume makes me a living symbol of everything we're fighting for. A symbol of pride and of hope. And the Wolverine says, you wouldn't catch me in something like that. It's got to itch. Which is funny because that's exactly what he wears now. Like, yeah, you know, like in the funny. past, he's like, "I'm never wearing that spandex bullcrap," which yeah. is already what he was kind of wearing in his his suit there, his, his uh, stealth suit. But uh, it's like he in the movies, just, what would you prefer, yellow spandex? Yeah, which he gets now in Deadpool three, according to the, the images we're seeing. Um, but yeah, I just find it funny that he's like, "I'd never wear a stupid superhero costume like that," and that's all he wears now. Thanks, Cap. All right, thanks, Cap. Yeah. All right, back to you, Adam, if you got any more for us. If not, don't worry about it. Oh, um, no, I think I'm good. Okay. Well, here's the next one I've got. Because remember when we had the Lee Walls on, they said they definitely one thing they weren't allowed to do was use bullets. That's why everyone always has lasers. Yeah. yeah. This is the closest to things looking like bullets. Like they yeah. have a Gatling gun. I mean, they do have sort of that like laser beam streak behind them, but you can sort of tell that it's bullets because they're clinking off Cap's shield and stuff so somehow yeah. they got away with it for this episode yeah they wink at a few things like I, there's a um, uh like you know uh, uh there's a there's a scene in the the hallway or the steps where I, they cut away just after what looks like wolverine had like stabbed somebody with claws up against a wall um <laughs> and so it was clear that like you know while, while cap is knocking people out with his shield wolverine just murdered somebody um, but it's a quick enough cut that doesn't draw any attention to it. But that's, you know, that's that's what Wolverine does. You know, um, Maybe, so I like yeah. I like that they were able to suggest it without making it uh, hmm. you know, too dark. Maybe enough eyes were off this series by this point. They were just like, yeah, let's just go for it. It reminds me slightly of like when you read about like the Batman anime series from the '90s and how they were like. When they they like they had the Joker and the story was that he was killing people with the Joker gas and people are like well that's far too disturbing we can't have him kill people let's just have their face frozen in this maniacal grin that'll yeah. never go away which is far more disturbing than just seeing a dead body like when they're just laughing with the eyes and there's tears coming down the eyes and they just can't stop laughing and they got this yeah. like monstrous grin like that's way scarier to me than just Agreed. a dead body. <laughs> It's like, all right, we're okay. Fuck you guys. We're gonna make this way more. We're definitely gonna fuck up some kids now. All right, back to you, Andre. Uh, okay, Wolverine. That's the line Wolverine had. He says, when "Wolverine's standing in front of the gravestone. He's, he's talking about Captain America or something." He says, "Guys like him were worth thousands of you, old man. Real red-blooded heroes. How dare you kick him before I get my hands on you? You cheated me, old man. Cheated me of vengeance. Cheated me of justice." It ain't fair. You stole the joy of Paris from me forever. (laughs) That last line. What do you think? You stole the joy of Paris from me forever. I'll never enjoy Paris. I'll never enjoy a baguette. You've ruined it, old man. Wine and cheese tastes like soot to me now because of you, cocktail. That's why he's so happy at the end because his joy of Paris is back. He's like, oh. There needs to be be another five minutes on this episode where Wolverine does find his joy of Paris back. (laughs) It's like an eat, pray, love thing where he's just drinking wine and eating bread. He's all happy. Yeah, a little epilogue. Oh, it would have been the the perfect cut. Like, you get the shot of Wolverine smiling and eating uh, cheese. Cutting the bread with his claws. And then you cut to. The tear from Red Skull at the grave. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. He's got, like, he's the, got like a beret contrast. on. Like, 
like Wolverine's wearing a beret and like the white and black striped shirt where he's eating bread and cheese and just like hanging out with <laughs> with uh, Justine. All right. Well, do I got any more here? I think so. Uh, well, the only thing is, uh, we didn't actually get confirmation from friend of the show Lawrence Bain that he was coming back as Cable. We just assumed so, but he couldn't tell us who he was returning as. So, is he returning as Captain America? Perhaps could Captain mm-hmm. America drop into an X Men '97 episode, voiced by Lawrence Bain? So he could have another flashback episode too. Like, there's mm-hmm. no reason Wolverine couldn't run into him again. I have a feeling he's going to end up voicing more than just Cable. We don't have inside info there, but uh, you got it. You feel your your bones. I do. I think we're going to see Cable and somebody else. I mean, it's not going to be Eric the Red. It's got to be Cap, right? I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Eric the Red would be a, an odd one, well, not odd, but bit of a deep cut. Well, a little bit. Um. Yeah. Be, get anything else, Andre? Me. Yeah, that's ten. I got one. Uh, Len Wein. Uh, who wrote this episode, did an episode of Avengers uh, United They Stand, that TV series. And in, the, mm-hmm. in that sequence, in an episode he wrote in that show, there's a sequence that's almost exactly the same, where Captain America saves, I think it's the Falcon, in the same way he saves mm-hmm. the Green in this. Which might be a subtle nod or just laziness on his part, I'm not sure. Giving <laughs> the Falcon stealing bread? Uh, no. like Falcon running with the baguette? Yeah. Like the shield yeah. just comes in steps and... into the kid role not the wolverine role <laughs> he just like he just takes the baguette and leaves he's even talking in french he's like oh no monsieur <laughs> bon chance alright well, well the only thing I was going to say too is like this show sort of hints at the fact that maybe weapon x gave him his adamantium claws because again it's before anything about bone claws was ever suggested because he was running around with them after this battle with Cap, he just kept them and thought they were cool. So they're like, this guy's really good with these claw things. Let's give him some real ones. That'd be funny if that was all the reason. What a like, weird coincidence otherwise. Yeah. 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 It's like so. he's just happily playing with these claws. And I'm like, you know what? What if yeah. you had those forever? <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't have bone claws. He would have used them for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty funny MZ. MZ just said that uh, maybe Logan's extra hostility towards Gambit is because his Frenchness reminds him of uh, how Paris was ruined for him <laughs> I can't enjoy anything French anymore when I go back to Canada I never go to Quebec yeah. <laughs> damn Cajun because <laughs> of you Cocteau <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's, that's good that's, that's really some... good some fine X points there. I'd say so. I think we're all right. Hey, check this out. All right, this is our comic reminiscences and recommendations segment. I'm going to get one out of the way real quick. Miss Marvel, the new mutant. Go check it out. I read it and I enjoyed it a lot. Go check out that dream sequence. <laughs> it's trippy. I love this dream sequence, actually. There's a lot of stuff going on there and it all flows nice. And oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, a lot of times you get scenes like that, and it's so disjointed, it's hard to tell what's going on. That is not the case here. Yeah, Davin is, like, famously not a fan of, of flashbacks. It's, like, his least favorite thing ever in fiction. I'm, so if he enjoyed this one, if, that's, that's, a, that's a, a high watermark. I, I don't like anything that interrupts my linear story. Maybe I'm just too linear in my storytelling. I gotcha. Davin doesn't yeah. even remember the past. He hates flashbacks so much. He's never... <laughs> That's true. I remember very little about the past. 
He has yeah. like the names of his kids written on his hand. He's like, uh, "Hello, <laughs> Susie." I just keep them on the mouse Paris. pad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the time when, like, on The Simpsons, that there's one gag where Homer looks at his hand and it says like Lenny White, Carl Black. Like when he's talking to his friends, like, yeah, really good. It was classic. Um, but my other uh, comic reminiscence and recommendation is uh, where it is? I grabbed an image instead of that. Uncanny X Men number two sixty eight, hmm. because that is also a flashback episode of the first time Cap and Wolverine worked together in what's the big Black, one. What's Black Widow doing there? They they well, Cap saves her in Madripoor, and then they both get captured by the Hand. And then, no wait, that's later. Black Widow is old. so. Black Widow's like a little girl in this. So there's two things going on. Black Widow's like a little girl, and Cap saves her, and then Wolverine saves them both back in World War Two. Because Black Widow is that old. Um, well, she'd be eighty now. Look, yeah, she she's is. a little girl during the war. Yeah, she's super old. She doesn't age very fast. Um, oh, it, oh, it's because of that stupid reason that Fury doesn't either. The life formula. Yeah, it's the, stuff. the Infinity Formula. That's what it's called. It had a dumb name. Yeah. I didn't remember what it was. Yeah. It's basically the Fountain of Youth. In fact, I think that's what it was when Fury found it. Why does not everybody <laughs> important in the Marvel Universe take that stuff? If you knew what the Fountain of Youth would, was, would you tell everybody? Or would Absolutely. you just tell Russian assassins? I'd save my grandma. I'd, you know, I'd help everybody. Yeah, me too. Um... <laughs> You're a good guy, Andre. Uh, but yeah, and then but then it happens again later. Flashbacks, like to more modern times, and Cap and Natasha are getting overwhelmed by the hand in Madripoor, and Wolverine saves them again. So in this issue, Wolverine saves them twice, which I, I kind of like. But in the second time, he saves it, saves them with like Jubilee and Psylocke, which is even better. So fun issue. Check it out, Wolverine or uh, Uncanny X Men number two sixty eight. Cool. Over, over to you. All right. Well, my recommendation is a book that I already posted about on social media. So if you follow me on Facebook, you may know already. But it is um, by Bill Griffith, and it's Nobody's Fool, which is this book about Schlitzy the Pinhead. Uh, it's a true story of this uh, this person that, as a child, was sold to a traveling freak show and um, became a very well-known uh, freak hmm. uh, at the time period when the Victorian freak show was a thing. Uh, Nothing means more to me than the health of my freaks. <laughs> that one from The Simpsons? I'm sending you to a veterinarian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Bill Griffith was famously did the comic uh, Zippy the Pinhead, which was inspired by um, his his reaction to seeing the movie Freaks by Todd Browning, who did Dracula, which was about circus freaks and featured real freaks. Slitzy was in that movie. Um, I've seen it a few times. That's a crazy Freaks, movie. Freaks is one of my. It's Criterion's putting it out uh, this month, and I'm very excited to get it because it's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's so disturbing and so good. Uh, yeah. Anyway, and so the freaks um, get revenge at the end. Sure it's, do. It's, they it's, talk it's about great. it in the movie, but uh, so he, you know, was interested enough in the real character to look to learn about him. And uh, I thought this movie, this book, would make me really sad because um, books like this often just show how. Horrible people are to people that are different. And there is some of that. Like his parents do sell him to a freak show as a kid. And, you know, he is mistreated or looked down upon by certain people. But it's all uphill from there. No, but there's almost a beauty to, like, finding, like, maybe your family isn't the family you're meant to be with. And then finding the one that you should be with. And, like, the people... 
the people in his life that accepted him and cared for him, like they, he had caretakers and, and people that didn't have to, but like took him in. Like he had someone that adopted him at one point in his life, and then that when that guy died, his his actual daughter who hated Schlitzy, um, put him into like a mental institution, and then a guy that worked with him in the freak shows years ago that worked there as a janitor found him and uh, and basically got him out and became his caretaker and looked after him and the guy didn't have to do that um, mm. so like stuff like that is, is sweet and uh, kind of warms my heart a little bit but it's an interesting story about a bygone era of North America like Schlitzy was in freak shows in Canada and the states all over but one thing I did find was interesting was he was labeled he's often advertised as a woman but he was a man um, but the the wild man of borneo was one of the titles that he and other freaks were given at that time um mm-hmm. which showed up in the book which made me think of that so perhaps it's something that came from that yeah, it was just a way for them like and it's funny because you could even see little nods of um uh like politically correctness coming through like even at these time periods like he, he would be labeled as the last incan or the last aztec found in the jungles and uh, there's even like Hispanic people that are like, well, that's not, you know, it would like see that and, and get upset. <laughs> and they would have to change the gimmick because it would, uh, yeah. it would offend people in certain areas. So, um, yeah, it was a very good book. I highly, suggest- I picked it up at the Monster Comics Lounge in Moncton when I was there for wrestling this past weekend. And uh, yeah, it was super good. I really, uh, really enjoyed it. And it's a, it's a great book. It's uh, got some great reviews from Jake Tapper from CNN and uh, Robert Crumb. Uh, so yeah, it's a really good book, super good, and it's a heartwarming story. Check it out. Well, if it if it passes the Tapper test, <laughs> yeah, Jake, Jake Tapper. <laughs> I, me and my friends used to always make fun of like the ridiculous names Trump would give people. I don't remember he had one for Jake Tapper, but I can't remember what it was. But he had one for the one that always makes me us laugh, and I reference constantly is Chuck Todd, who used to be on CNN. At one point, Trump is in like a rally, and he goes, "They got old Chuck Todd over there on CNN. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd. That sleepy son of a bitch." And I remember just like <laughs> sleepy eyes. Like what a phrase to call someone. That sleepy eyed son of a bitch. It's one of those like sort of innocuous insults that would yep. just gnaw on you over time. Yeah. Same with like, was it low energy Jeb? I thought that was one of the funniest ones. <laughs> Like what a what an odd thing to call someone low energy Jeb. <laughs> you got a comic recommendation for us? Uh, uh well, you know Adam? what? When I was watching this, it made me think of um, the X Men Wildcats crossover Golden Age, um, uh, written by Scott Laudbell and hmm. illustrated by Travis Charest. Um So Travis Charest like it's uh you know he doesn't really draw interiors much these days but you know his art is incredible um and it's you know a story very similar to what we saw in this episode uh uh so it's you know a period story it's, it's logan it's one of the wildcats whose name i can't remember off the top of my head but it's said lino the main one lino <laughs> uh, no there's panthro there was. Oh, it's a, a it's a it's a girl he's paired up with. I want to say Zilot. Oh, no, we're thinking of Thundercats, not Wildcats. Oh, wild, yeah, Wildcats. Yeah. Oh, that makes way more not sense. Thundercats. Okay. 
Okay. Wildcats. Then a bunch of characters I don't remember. From like Wildstorm comics. The Wildcats right? were so 90s. Like they all yeah. had names that was like Rip Claw yeah. and like Shatterface and like, like <laughs> Shatterface. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Patent pending. No steel at him. It's not real. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, I know what you mean. The guy with the big the big horns, it was green. Yeah. Um and purple. He had like a purple face with like a green uh, uh yeah, yeah. I don't know I don't know his name. But um yeah, so it's uh but it was a you know really you know wonderfully illustrated pulpy World War Two Did Jim Jim Lee do it? Uh no Travis Charest. Oh right, okay. I mean for all I know, Jim Lee probably did a cover. Um but um Jim Lee did the one I suggested I should have mentioned. It. That was a Chris Claremont Jim Lee joint. Yeah. Well he did he not draw the interiors for that as well? Yeah, Jim Lee yeah. did. It was an earlier one. He started on fifty eight and that's two or two fifty eight and this is two sixty eight. So this yeah. is ten issues into his run. Before he kicked off X Men. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the names of Wildcat characters. Lord M. <laughs> Yeah. Spartan, Grifter, Voodoo, Zealot, Maul was the big guy. Warblade, Void, Mr. Majestic, and then a bunch Warblade of is the most nineties name ever. It is pretty nineties. And my friend uh, Neil, you know Neil, don't you, Devin? Yeah, my friend Neil yep. used to always joke about like nineties names, so they're like kill shot and like you know, so he was like, I'm gonna make a character called Murder Stab. So <laughs> I, was, I always stuck out as a funny little murder stab. That's probably why Neil loves that chainsaw thing so much. Like that oh, the, chainsaw guy. Oh, the the manga? The chainsaw man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like something Neil would enjoy. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody's favorite segment. Well, I don't know about everybody. Andre's. You don't like the movie? Change the channel! <laughs> You did notice I changed your name there, eh, Andre? No, it was sleepy-eyed <laughs> son of a bitch. I am sleepy-eyed. Um, well, tonight I am anyway. All right, well, I picked mine purely for comedic purposes, but watching this episode made me think of this uh, quite a bit, and it kept coming back around and back around. I was like, I'm just going to bring it out because why the hell not? My suggestion is the 1990 color classic from, uh, I believe it was Roger Corman Studio. Uh-oh. Here we go. Captain America. Yay! I used to rent that from Hubble's Furniture Store. <laughs> the furniture store rented <laughs> Yeah, they also rented movies. I used to rent all kinds of cool stuff there. So, uh, director Albert Pune, who you may also recognize from the Van Damme movie Cyborg, did this movie. Um, it was the first, I think it was his first movie. Um, starring Matt Salinger, who most people don't yeah. know is the son of J.D. Salinger. And oh, wow. I didn't know that. Featuring the Red Skull, who was Italian for some reason in this movie. I've never quite understood <laughs> that. Um, very weird, very strange. Famous because of the um, the fact that in the costume, they couldn't get his ears to come through, so they just put rubber ears to represent his actual ears that are obviously <laughs> not human ears on the side of the costume. Um I mean, it's very much a product of the 90s. And, you know, yeah, the way time, the shield looks when it is, he throws it is just awful. Adam, how old are you, if I may ask, without, if that's not a sensitive subject? I'm, I'm 38. Oh, so we're, yeah, we're all basically the same age. We're already similar had, in age. I had this dubbed on VHS. I watched it numerous times. Um, mm-hmm. I remember 
the Red Skull's thick Italian accent. Yeah. And, and his face kind of just looks like a dude who had, like, was it a fire? It's not like a skull. It's just like... It's a scary It's a scary face. It and is. For the rest of the movie, though, he just has bad plastic surgery. Yes, that's true. Yeah, he does. Yeah, they're supposed to fix him. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things that stood out for me in that movie about being ridiculous. Uh, but th- th- there came a time in all of our lives for people roughly our age where there was a real vacuum of comic book stuff. Like now it's everywhere. It's multi-billion dollar franchise. Disney's built on it. But like when we were kids, you got like the Christopher Reeves Superman movies, if you liked those, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, and that was kind of it. And that was all DC stuff. For Marvel, there was very little. Yeah. Like the Spider- like the cartoons, the Spider-Man, the old Spider-Man, the old Hulk, the old Fantastic Four, those ones. If you had cable, get your hands on them. There wasn't the internet. And there wasn't really a lot of DVD c- series of those. Just whatever you caught in reruns on YTV. But well, now you're but you're forgetting the the best one of all the old Marvel stuff, and it's very apropos to this episode because the Howling Commandos were in it. Oh yeah, I was going to say that too. But then you got this weird string of movies. You got this Nick Fury movie with David Hasselhoff. You got that Captain America movie. You got that very strange Doctor Strange movie with uh, yeah. That's the, the worst of them all. Like the that movie's movie, right? almost yeah, unwatchable. That one actually, the same company that put this one out, Shout Studios, actually put out that movie as well. Mm. And I didn't bother buying it because I think you could only buy it from their website, which was an American site. So it was like ridiculously expensive by the time I would have got it just to have it for the sake of having it. What? But there was that that Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie. Yes, you know, yeah. There, there That's was a very, good one though. I like that one. It had its moments. It wasn't. I wouldn't say overall it was fantastic. But then, like some made for TV. Luke Gossett Junior. was good in it. Yeah, well, he's good in everything. I met him actually. He's a very nice man. Oh yeah. Yeah, I did a background on that show, Book of Negroes, and he was in it. Oh. Yep. So uh, yeah, go watch. Go. If anything, just for for uh, if you're you know curious about what we had to enjoy as Marvel fans back in the day. This was pretty much it until blade. And then the X-Men movie, uh, there wasn't a whole lot that, uh, was there for, for eager young fan to, uh, to watch. No, I, I remember going to, uh, video stores and blockbuster and that's where Marvel things lived really. Cause there was like the stuff we already mentioned, but there was also the seventies, uh, Spider-Man television show that was on VHS available to rent. Um, some, you know, Incredible Hulk TV movies where, you know, he met Thor in one of them, met Daredevil in another. Yep. Um, and they had uh, John Reese davies playing the Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but that, you know, but I, having nothing better, I, I actually enjoyed them quite a bit for what they were. You know, like I, as a kid, I, you know, it's like I could see the difference between what I was watching and the comics that I would that I'd read a lot of disparity there, but it was, you know, still, still kind of exciting. Um, yeah. yeah like that, I rented I would, that movie would... more than once that Captain America movie. I rented it more than once as a yeah, kid. I, did too. I, I echo your sentiments there. I would eat yeah. it up though. Cause I just, you know, you just really wanted to anything that was like reminding you of the comics you loved. You would, you would want to, you'd want to get it. Yeah. Didn't like the bad guy from Robocop played the president in Captain America. Uh, which one? Oh, um, which bad guy? Sorry, Cochran, the, OC, the OCP guy, um, the main guy, um, Rory Co- Cochran. No, is that his name? Yeah, the guy from Halloween Three. 
Mike can he's, he's, oh, right, or he's the guy that gets that get that throws the other guy at the wait. He's the guy that gets the dude. He's the guy that runs OCP. The old guy with the gray hair. He was yeah. on Twin, he's on and he was also Peaks. like he was also the villain in uh, Total Recall. Right. He was in Twin Peaks. He was in the Last Starfighter. He's in a bunch of movies. He was the Twin alien. Peaks. Yeah, he was. Um, um, remember Susie, the Asian woman's husband that supposedly was dead, then turned out to not be dead. That was the brother of, um, uh, what's her face, Piper Laurie's character. Okay. Near it, it, it was season two when it was going off the rails. He uh, he yeah. was him. He was the bad guy in uh, Halloween three, season of the witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in uh, what's that movie? The one, the last Starfighter. He was like his his partner, the alien partner that was like his. Do you mean Kurtwood Smith? Not no. Kurtwood Smith. There's a guy from the '70s show. No, oh he no, was... you mean not Ronnie Cox? Yeah, Ronnie yeah. Cox. You guys are talking is it, about Ronnie. Is it Cox. Ronnie Cox? I thought it was Cochran was the yeah. last name. No, it's Ronnie Cox. He was in uh, Star Trek as Captain Jellico. Was he? Yeah. Right. Get right. it done. That he's always it. kind of he's always kind of a jerk. And he was the yeah. senator in Stargate. He was also a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> Just a jerk. Yeah. Um, Just a jerk. Yeah, Ronnie Cox. Definitely who it is. All right. Well, sure? I'm yep. going to look this up. You bet I feel like his name is different. You look it up in the meantime. I'll look up Halloween 3. Quite a garden you've got there. No, his name is Dano Hurley. What? Dano Hurley. What? Oh, we're talking with different. If we're talking with different people, but he's the he's Irish or something. He's got an accent. Yeah, he's Irish. No, we're talking with Ronnie Cox. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> All no... right. Well, yes, there is Ronnie Cox. Anyway, I know who he is, but it's not Cox. the you're you're, conv- you're confusing two actors. He's not the same one. He was the okay. No, no, you're right. He is the bad guy. Yeah, no, this is who we're talking about. I was talking about someone else. But yes, okay. Ronnie Cox is the guy from Captain America Total Recall. In Beverly yes. Hills Cop 2, Beverly Hills Cop 1. Yeah. Taps, Deliverance. I know my Captain Jellico. All right. Star Trek Prodigies in that as well in an episode. Yeah, um, as Jellico. And yeah. in Robocop. That's right. Mm-hmm. He is, uh, but but uh, Dano, is he the guy that runs OCP? Okay, maybe I've had those two actors confused in my head forever. Anyway. All right, well, Krakoan Gardening with Davin. Don't rush those fall cleanups, people. If you have to, skip your fall cleanup altogether. Those those weathered sticks that were once stalks from your favorite perennial become become uh, homes for many creatures in the winter. And uh, it's very important not to disturb also the ground. The things settle onto the ground. That becomes home for things to survive the winter. Fall cleanups... Overrated. Skip it entirely, or do as much or as little as possible. That's Krakoan gardening with Davin. By whatever. Oh, it's been a while since we did the Krakoan gardening, and to put yeah. a cap on this whole Daniel Hurley and Ronnie Cox oh thing, they're they're both in RoboCop. Daniel Hurley is the old man, the chief executive of OCP. The next one down is Ronnie Cox, Dick Jones, the senior president of OCP. Yeah, so they're both in. Yeah. And then you got, uh, what's his face, Miguel Ferreira and Kurtwood Smith under them. If I was a porn star, my name would be Dick Jones. It's a good name. 
Solid. I, I always, I always thought mine would be Rumple Stiffskin. I thought that was a good name. For <laughs> that's awful. You would never great. get work. I think so. I think oh. I'd be. I think I. Well, I wouldn't get work for a lot of other reasons. Nothing. Nothing to do with my name. <laughs> oh, really? Do tell. Well, I mean, I don't think I'm the. I look like the average <laughs> porn star. That's for sure. You're selling yourself short. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah. If we ever get into the business, I'll make sure to send you a link. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Everyone's really favorite segment, Up and Adam. Ooh, I like this one. Up and Adam? Yep. Getting better. Uh, you can basically talk about whatever you want, Adam, but I was just like, what's something when Adam gets up in the day? What's something well, Adam can you needs tell us about to what start doing? What he's doing next? Because I'd be curious about that, too. Well, when I... <laughs> yeah, um, that's... What are you up to? What well, are you up to? Work-wise, um... Uh, obviously, Miss Marvel, the New Mutant. I'm on for three out of the four issues. Um, issue two comes out next week, I believe, and, uh, and then to issue, it. issue three next month. Um, and then also next week on the same day is uh, Stuff of Nightmares: Red Murder, which is a oh yeah a, yeah forty four Stein page, thing, right? Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. forty four page horror one shot. Uh, written by R.L. Stein, drawn by me. Um, what was he like to deal with? I don't know. Oh, I so he just... <laughs> never got to interact with him. It was so, so he just gave you a script, there's no notes? He didn't get anything back from him? I dealt with my editors. They were um, the go-between. And I they see. would come You know, they'd come back to me and they'd say, Bob loves your work. Bob <laughs> loves this. Bob Who's loves this that. Bob you speak of? Oh. oh, Bobby Stein. Bobby oh, Stein. Bobby Stein. Um, yeah. The most so, but successful I, I, children's author of all time, I think. I yeah, think he, he outbeat okay. uh, what's her face, J.K. Rowling. But man, I loved Goosebumps when I was a kid. Yeah, it's coming I, back. I, There's a new series coming up. Yes, there oh, is. Wow. I wanted to show him my uh, official Goosebumps Pogs, which I'm still in possession of. <laughs> oh, nice. Did you have all of them? I no, I I don't know how many there were. In fact, I just what I, I got these Pogs with like some kind of Goosebumps special gift pack or whatever but um out of all the pogs that i ever had i'm impressed you kept some pogs mine are all gone yeah i have no idea where mine are <laughs> probably in a box somewhere in my parents basement well um but I, yeah i didn't get to show those off to him unfortunately but um that book is out next week as well and it's a lot of fun and um currently while I don't believe it's solicited, I don't think it'd be a big deal if I said it. I'm uh, back working on Darth Vader for an arc. Oh, um, awesome. Cool. It's uh, super duper fun. Um, and it's looking he's, good. He's very hot right now because of the Ahsoka TV show. So, you know. Yeah, so I hear. So I hear. <laughs> Is she in your series? No, I'm just kidding. Don't tell us anything. Uh, that's awesome. No, that's huge. Very cool. Yeah. Must be so much fun drawing Star Wars. I don't know. It to be blast. Yeah, it can be. There's always like you know, you know, uh, between Marvel and Lucasfilm, there's a lot of fingerprints on it. Um, so you got to be, you know, you got to be somewhat flexible with 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 how things are handled. But um, I'm always curious. I feel like everyone's curious about like the hierarchy of this sort of stuff. You know, like who makes these decisions and how far does it go? But I feel like if you knew the truth, you'd be underwhelmed. Like it would just be like. There's like four people that just like it goes through, and then if something gets out that causes a problem, like say the internet blows up because something happens in a comic that someone above them missed, that guy just gets fired and they place him with somebody else. Like, I, I just 
yeah, it just seems like it. It seems like this nebulous thing no one really understands. But I feel like if you knew the truth, it wouldn't be that that exciting. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think it would be very underwhelming. But like I know from like just from my experience, it's like you know, there's you know, there's, there's the storytellers at Marvel, and you know, their job is to come up like you know, what do we do with Darth Vader for six to twelve issues? Mm-hmm. They pitch that story. Lucasfilm looks it over and goes, "We think this is fine," and then. As soon as it contradicts anything in a movie or TV show, then it might then then it might get retconned in a future comic or something like that. But yeah. like film will always take precedence over television. Television yeah. will always take precedence over. I then, feel like it'd be like film, books, comics, and then or no film like then TV, TV. stuff. Then, yeah, then, yeah, TV, yeah. cartoons, yeah, maybe video games, and then you have. Mm. <laughs> I do kind of I do kind of really respect that they. They they herald the like the Clone Wars show so highly that they incorporate it so deeply into all the live action TV stuff they're doing. Like it's such a big part of, except for Boba Fett, I guess. Well, even that it references it. But every like because they yeah, I guess what's his face in it, Cad Bane. Like yeah. you know, the fact that all these things you know get played out in that and every, everything cool. counts. They're using they're using the whole cow. Yeah, which is cool. I like I, I appreciate that. I mean, it sucks he lost all the books, but some of those books were so bad and there were so many of them that like, there's no way. And plus with the comics, like I think there's no way you could tell any story that was, that was unique or different because you'd be like, well, Luke's already fought like 96 different versions of the emperor and all this sort of stuff. By this point, it's like, yeah, you know, well, there's stuff from like that expanded universe canon that's being cannibalized, you know? Yes. Um, I'm still waiting for Dash Rendar to come back or Prince Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I really want to see them come back. I love that that series. It was so like as a kid reading Shadows of the Empire, it really seemed like more Star Wars in a world where we weren't getting more Star Wars. Sure. So uh, I would like to see that. Well, if it could happen for Thrawn, it could happen for that. Yeah, good point. Glad y'all decided to join the party. Well, just to point out, if a lot of people joined the party down in Minneapolis last weekend where they had the uncanny experience the first x-men specific con so we had agent x ryan jablonski uh down there so he'll be joining us tomorrow not tomorrow next week to say what's happening tomorrow not tomorrow next week on our uh our show we'll he'll be joining us and we'll get uh get the the info on how that con went so Mm. that'll be fun I mean, I, I saw clips. Lenore was up singing karaoke. She was singing some Patsy Cline. It sounded, oh, wow. looked like it was quite the party. And they converted the the venue to the X Mansion. You could go to like classes, and like it was this whole thing put together. Pretty I would have cool. gone there in a yeah. I would have gone there in a second. But alas, Minneapolis is far away and in a scary place. Um. All right, America well, is that the scary place? Yes. Okay. Okay. It's pretty um, scary. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. Mm. I'm watching enough news to know that's true. Um, yeah, all right. Well, what's our homework for next week, Professor? Read some John Byrne comics. That's your homework. All I need now. Alpha flight is for you to contact anything. Your students, that's all Professor.
yeah, just go read some of those. But your actual homework is to read um, or to watch the next episode. Uh, that will be episode number was it eight of this eight. Uh, this season, Hidden Agendas, in which we meet a young Sam uh, Guthrie or yeah, Sam Guthrie. Yep. Uh, we see Cannonball's introduction to the series. We only saw him briefly as a, in, on a, a TV screen, screen a few times, yeah. but uh, yeah, we get. Our first glance at the the X Force. Well, I guess we saw Cable, but the extended X Men universe outside of just the X Men and X Factor. It's kind of cool. I wish the show had gotten a chance to explore some more of that stuff. It was neat seeing X Factor for like an episode. But it would have been cool seeing like X X Force or, you know, even I feel like Cable was around enough they could have had him form X Force at some point. Yeah, I think that's something they can really do with '97, whereas it's all under the same banner now. Like Disney owns it all. There's no confusion of properties or anything like that. Uh, that would be cool. Yeah. Also, I'm excited. They just announced that I'm sure Devin as a fan of this, you'll appreciate that. Um, they're going to re-release Werewolf by Night in full color. Oh, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to it. The, the so, picture I saw of Werewolf by Night, he looks better in color than he did in black and white, and he looked great in black and white. Yeah, I really dug details. how they did that series. Like, I, I really, really dug that. Um, but I am excited to see it, see it in a different way, and even see more of a uh, man thing in uh, in, this, in this delightfully foresty greens. Oh, right, that'd be, be great cool. too. In the stone Ted. and Elsa, yeah, uh, yeah, Ted, Ted, Ted Salas, Ted Salas, poor man, Swamp Thing. Yeah. Well, you can support our show at patreoncom slash review show, and if you do happen to do that, you can find yourself some sweet merch. You know, you can get the sweet merch. X-rated merch. There's you can get out of this one's for you morph T-shirt, <laughs> or perhaps you think Xavier was right, or perhaps like Andre, you think Magneto was right. Damn right, he's right. Well, <laughs> to be determined. Right. Listen, no, no revolution ever occurred peacefully. <laughs> I, wi- I wish. I wish. I hundred percent wish it did. I just don't try. I don't. I don't trust people enough to think that's possible. You can contact us at xmenreviewshow at gmail.com. Follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and find out our audio-only version wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, please like, review, and subscribe. And follow. We get lots of follows, but we could use some more reviews. That'd be nice. That's right. Go follow Adam, um, too, and all his various... Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah read all oh, the... Me. Anything you see the name Goramon, buy it, read it. And then... Love it. Buy it again. Get tattoos of it on your skin. Has anybody ever, <laughs> has anybody ever sent you a picture of a tattoo they had of your art? Yeah. Really? And how did it look? Yeah. Honestly. Oh, it looks fine. What was it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but it's it's happened. And, if, you know, bless them. If anyone gets this page as a tattoo, <laughs> I will send back. you $50 via Interact e-transfer. That t- tattoo would probably cost you like a 2000 Pick in with fifty bucks. We're pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Pretty, a pretty epic back piece, yeah. <laughs> and you can find everyone in our glorious federation at ufpodcast.com, which we are a proud member of. Quick rundown. We've got Hold Up a Movie Podcast. Andre just helped us finish off season one. Season two will be coming up soon with uh, space movies is our first one. And Dave Mater will be joining us for that episode, but he also runs Super Mater Brothers. They are brothers, where they <laughs> uh, review reality shows. And uh, we also do Mary Mater, Mary Mater Marvel Society over there, where we review the MCU stuff as it comes out. Davin, did you find a way to do Event Horizon in the space episode? 
No. What? You're not doing Event Horizon yet? Come on. No, it was going to be one of my multiverse picks. It's not a multiverse movie. It's a I know. They opened movie. up a gate to hell. That's an, yeah. It could be um, a different dimension. You don't know. It's a good space movie. It is a good space movie. But I know it's good, and that's not the point of our What show. space movies are you doing? We're doing... I picked Outland starring Sean Connery. That's a really good choice, actually. I fully support it. It was the movie. first movie I ever bought on DVD. It's so good. It's a space western. It's great. Yeah. And, um, of course, Dave, Cousin Dave picked Apollo 13. Um, yeah, he's or, or as I call it, an American astronaut. Um, <laughs> very nice. And what's that? Um, uh, what a Chris pick. Ad Astra. Well, that's like a good a Brad Pitt movie or something. I yeah, it actually is a good movie, but I feel like thematically, no, I guess not. I guess that's that's actually probably the best mix of movies you guys have picked so far <laughs> for the series. As far as thematically, Andre's always all, complaining about our picks. Well, no, sometimes they pick movies that are really off the like not like very tangentially close to whatever the theme is. <laughs> But they do an update at the Graphic Histories podcast. Uh, well, my episode with Brandon Mitchell just dropped, uh, Indigenous creator who uh, does mm-hmm. some really cool books in, out of uh, New Brunswick. Really cool conversation with him. Uh, learned a lot Birch of Birchbark Comics, is it? Yeah, I had a lot of trouble saying Birchbark for some reason in that episode. I don't know why. It's not like it's a crazy tongue twister, but I'm like, Birchbark? He's like, Birchbark Comics? Birchbark Comics. Birchbark, damn it. No, it's super cool. Great, great, great conversation. He told me he got to meet uh, Eric Powell one time, which I thought was really cool. So uh, yeah, it was it was a great conversation. Yeah, I listened to it myself. Very good. And of course, we have a lot of Star Trek content. If you're a Star Trek fan, we've got an entire side network called Live Long a Podcast. I do lots over there in the Cuters of Trek in the Science Division. We also have Star Trek Radio Theater show reviews. Oh, what else we got? Lots going on. I got a debate nine coming up. We've got a convention coming up where we're gonna rank the ships. We got lots of things over there. We got trivial debates. We got trivial debates coming up as well. Andre was almost gonna be on the next episode, or not the next episode. The next episode is actually on Transformers. Daryl from Giant Robots gonna be on that one. What Andre, the fuck you know, are you gonna right? debate about Transformers? I don't know. I don't know nothing about Transformers. Jody's hosting right. it. Daryl, Brad, and Ivor, three buddies of mine, are all gonna be on there. Yeah, and they'll and they'll fight it out, and then they'll be, we'll be I'll be doing two horror themed trivial debates in October. Try to get you on on the second one there, Andre, if I can. Um, yeah, don't 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 kill yourself. It's all good. Right. Aiming on track. Also, I'm going to go on there and talk about uh, SMV Thunder here sometime soon. Check that out with Aiming Mater and Hellbound podcast with Alex Blackburn, Michael Chan. Founder of the Hellbound Horror Festival over there in sunny old England, I believe. Alex, oh, cool. Um, you a horror movie fan, Adam? Uh, I enjoy them. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite one? Hmm, I can't really think. And of tell it. me why it's the Thing by John Carpenter. I do. <laughs> I do enjoy the Thing. Actually, I think my favorite horror movie might be Halloween by John Carpenter. Uh, ooh, yeah. John, John, Car- John Carpenter has a lot of. Most of my favorite horror movies are John Carpenter movies. My favorite one is Text Chains and Massacre, the original. But The Thing is up there, is probably number two. It's so mm. good. It's so good. Um, I'm I mean, deep for rewatch. 
You what? I said I'm due for a rewatch. Yeah, yeah. Tis the I, season. I'm always like a lot of his lesser known other movies, like In the Mouth of Madness and Prince of Darkness. I'm always like, they're all so good, like just so good. The Fog, mm-hmm. like uh, the Fog, I picked actually. That's coming up on hold up here for our, our October episode, which is Ghosts. I picked mm-hmm. the Fog. That is a, that is a good choice. I'm good at this, Andre. The, the anyway, se- let's get out of here. Second season sounds like it's getting uh, it's, it's off to a good start. Well, look, we've 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 uh, nailed down our our uh, format. I think okay, good, good. I, I, I've nagged you twenty enough. episodes in like seven hundred hours of me nagging yeah. you. Yeah, there's that. I always know when Andre's listening to our show because I just start getting angry texts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, yeah it's more of a yeah. desire to to i don't know I, 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 you're right i shouldn't try to control things that have anything to do with me no it's I, I look forward to it it's always fun all right thanks again for joining us adam everybody oh. go get miss marvel and the yeah. new darth vader arc yeah awesome yeah. adam so good seeing you man yeah likewise yeah, thanks for having me back if you ever, if you want to join us for x-men uh, apocalypse <laughs> let us know we'll, we'll get you in there <laughs> or, or ABC's Generation X oh, yeah. <laughs> or is that NBC wait. I don't know uh, I think uh, it was ABC but I don't remember yeah I think it was ABC too right. <laughs> right. catch you next time everybody next time we're standing here because of you buddy oh, sleep well soldier your brothers in arms salute you